If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallMAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallMAFS so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hello, hello. Hi, beautiful people out there. Hi, Aid, beautiful person out here. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Tane? I'm good. Same old same. I'm just exhausted. Do you think everyone is collectively burnt out? It's just weird to be tired from doing nothing. I don't know about you, but I'm not doing nothing. (laughs) I'm doing a lot of things. I'm working a lot. But I am not out here in the streets. So then I'm like, why are you tired from sitting at a computer for many, many hours? Only to switch to a TV for more hours. Like, why are you tired? (laughs) I'm tired because people at work are trying me. I might have lost it today. But, you know, there's only so much you can lose it through typing on a screen. But someone got snippy with me and I was so mad. So mad. I take a deep breath and step away. That takes a lot of energy. So that's why I'm tired. Understood. Understood. (laughs) But yeah, where are we are on episode four and I don't know about you, but still feeling good. Still feeling great. I've just realized that these people are pretty likable. Yeah, that is something season 12 did not have. There was not a lot of likable people. It wasn't that they were bad in some ways. It's just their person, maybe their personalities weren't reflected well through the show. I don't know. But these people come off much more fun and open and friendly, I guess, than last season. I think we should add for now. For now. I'm waiting for them to, every last one of them to disappoint me, but. 
Oh, yeah. But yeah. Tell the people what's going on in our Patreon aid. This week, we posted our Love is Blind bonus episode where we talked about all those people from Love is Blind. Um, Because Netflix released the Love is Blind After the Altar three-episode special, we went deep in on that and shared our thoughts and feelings on, on that crew. So... Go to our Patreon. Check it out. Patreon.com slash AlterCallMAFS. And uh, so in addition to our bonus episodes, you can also find our recaps of Couples Cam and Unfiltered on our Patreon every week. Patreon.com slash AlterCallMAFS. So, Tane, what's going on on social media? What isn't going on on social media? I think I should just say what I thought was the biggest thing on social media, which is Miss Jamie Otis. Um, she posted a picture of her and Doug holding hands, all hugging or embracing each other in a car after just crying hard after a therapy session and with a long caption about how she's a fighter and she's fighting for her marriage and she's fighting for her kids. And I think this takes the cake for me for everything that she's done. Did you have a chance to see this? I was made aware of it through, you know, Reddit. <laughs> Reddit. <laughs> it never stops with her. And, you know, this is why, why I was actually surprised to see it on Reddit. Um, I swear I had seen no more than a week earlier that Jamie was taking a so-called social media break. But I knew she sure. was too much of an attention whore to last very long on that social media break. So I was like, wait, she's posting sad pictures with Doug already? It hasn't even been a week. I have so many thoughts because I'm like, has any therapist told her, like, maybe you should scale it back? You know that thing? There's sometimes people post a lot, but then people also still say, you know, I'm posting a lot, but you still have no idea who I am. I'm just like, what on earth could Jamie be keeping back if this is her holding back? But I think at any point, hasn't any therapist said, try to keep things for yourself? Because I don't care how strong you are or how stable you are. It's very easy to get caught up in curating your life. And I don't know how that is healthy. But on the flip side, I'm like, is her money making tied to the marriage and, you know, whatever she's chosen to be her platform so she can't actually like get out of it? Or is it just like a never ending cycle that is hurting rather than helping? Because I I don't see how she gets off this hamster wheel. I think if. I think she could get off the hamster wheel if she really wanted to. But as you said, if it's their livelihood, I just don't see it happening. But I mean, you host a TV show, you know, eight months out of the year. Is that not enough money? I don't know. But let me ask you this. Do you think if she separates from Doug, does she still remain the host of Unfiltered? Like, is it tied to her being the success story from season one um that's a good point i don't know i do not know ah yeah it's very dysfunctional and it's not fun to watch which makes me glad that i don't really pay much attention to her social media uh, what are the comments like do you ever read the comments um sometimes a lot of the times i see the ones that say i like how real you are you share things a lot so i don't see the bad ones actually but Usually I'm just mad that I saw it because, I mean, I just, <laughs> I'm trying to keep track of what's going on. and But I don't, like, 
purposely click on her stories because I just get annoyed and I'm like, someone I don't know shouldn't affect me this much. So, um, yeah. But you don't this, think she deletes the negative comments and that's um, why you only see the positive ones? That is possible, but sometimes she responds to the negative ones, like if you don't like this and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I just think there should be a line and just, I'm just looking at Doug. I was like, how do I tell that? I can't even imagine what the conversation is like where it's like, Doug, just hold on. Let me take this picture of us crying. I don't know. It's, just <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wish them the best. I don't know. I've said it before and I'm not wishing them ill will. I don't know how this is sustainable for a marriage, but all the best to them. Our lovely, lovely Christina from New Orleans has a new boo and he's kind of cute actually. So good for her. Do you think it's um, real or do you think she just got a new boo? Cause Henry got one. <laughs> There's no camera following her, so I think it's real. <laughs> I'm just saying, Henry gets a girlfriend and suddenly Christina has a boot. Ooh. Ooh. Hat. <laughs> um, last week, I told you guys that Haley was in Utah and it looked like Virginia and Claire were there with her. And for those keeping track, because I think I'm just going to do a weekly segment of where is Haley this week. She is in California. Big Sur. So... Um, you know, I like to keep track of what the people are, are selling on the IG. This week, Amani had a code for candles. I don't know if it was for her friends or whoever, but she had like a discount code, um, for that. And then Danielle, if you remember from past seasons, um, I forget what it was in Chicago. Um, and sadly her dad, she just told us that her dad is actually quote dying from cancer. And it was like a, everything was full circle, what she was trying to tell us. And she was flying down to see him and a book that she was reading that talked about, you know, cancer and, you know, everything just kind of like fell in place. But the main gist of it is like, sadly, like, it seems like her dad is terminally ill. So thoughts and prayers to her dad and her family. And finally, Virginia tells us that she's in therapy. I think she had like, ask us anything and she was responding that she's in therapy, but she's not a meds because of the side effects. And she also clapped back at someone who said that she's missing out on a good marriage because she wasn't ready. And she's like, why shouldn't it be normalized? That Why is it always the girl that's missing out? And why can't it be like he's missing out? And, you know, things just didn't work out. And then in one of the responses, she said something about the divorce is actually going to play out on couples camp. And that might get me watching couples camp. That is, I was about to say, I feel so terrible that I can't wait to see that. <laughs> but, but on the flip side, I'm just like, listen, the money has to be good because some things I see, I, I, I'm just like, like even Shawnee's and Jeffy or certain fights that Jamie and Doug put out there. I'm just like, how much do they pay to air out all these things and let it play out? I'll top out. I'll be like, I'm out. So, yeah. Um, well, lastly, I know I said lastly before, but just, I just thought of this. Someone sent us a comment about, you know, theories on Ryan and Clara and mentioned about Ryan on social media. And I just wanted to mention that it looks like he's taking a timeout, which is smart. I mean, when you're going through something that if you know you can't handle it, it looks like he's taking a break and he hasn't been on social media since the announcement. Good for him. Good for him. And that's all I got. Cool. How did you feel about this episode? I greatly enjoyed it. 
I was just thinking, though, let's just say that we get three couples out of this season. When are they going to start having to break out couples, Cam? Like, you can't have a show with all these couples. It's too many. They can because what they do now is they split it. So right now, not everybody appears every week. So what they're probably going to have to do is, like, now where they rotate, um, like, every two weeks, they'll probably just split it out into three. And I truly suspect eventually they're going to drop some people because I still stand by the fact, like, I don't know what Chris, Keith and Christine are giving us. <laughs> Half the time, the most people we get are Anthony and Ashley, Jamie and Beth. So, um, yeah, like, I haven't seen Stephanie and AJ in some time. So, yeah, they'll probably just split it okay. into three. Yeah. So back to your question, sorry. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed this episode too. I just think these people are very enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. And they're being um very I think most of everybody's being very honest. No one's trying to be shady, it feels like, and I think that makes for a better show. And when you think about the fact that we're enjoying it now, like the calm before the storm, knowing that there's a storm that we're gonna enjoy that's coming. I'm just like, oh my god, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll dive into this episode, starting with Johnny and Bao. And every year they do this shit, Aid, and we talk about it, and it's annoying. We end the previous episode with them going to bed, saying goodnight, expecting to wake up in the morning. But then the following episode, we go right back to them coming back from the reception. And I just want to understand what that production choice is all about. It's What's very the annoying. The I'm like, just finish. Why can't you edit it so that you finish last night in the last episode and they wake up this morning? Like, why are we going back? It's it's a weird editing choice. I guess they know what they are doing and they've learned that people like to see these scenes twice. I don't know. They don't know what they're doing. That I know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very annoying, especially. It'd be nice to just have a producer answer that question. If you're listening... Put it out there somewhere. We'll find it. But we see Johnny carry Bao in and they read a note because last episode, if you remember, um, we we told you that they had a bedspread that looked like a Chinese bedspread, but we didn't get any explanation. But this episode, it looks like um, Bao had made a joke about having a traditional bedspread and her sister, I want to say. I'm not sure if that's right. Um, and it referenced the Chinese saying about 100 um, children come produces a thousand grandkids um i'm never gonna get tired of all the cultural references that it seems we're gonna get this season so that was pretty cool so i was confused though because they specifically called it a chinese bedspread and i'm like but i thought you guys were vietnamese yes if anybody Um, has an explanation on that like if there's a cross-cultural thing or i don't know let us know well i think I had those notes too, but I wasn't sure. Then when it was confirmed that they were Vietnamese later in the episode, to me, I think it was just like a cross-culture. Like she made a joke about some, like, let's say I make a joke about a Ghanaian saying or something. And then whoever heard it just got, you know, that out of that. So I don't think it was necessarily like her culture specific. It was just like, oh, she referenced, oh, I know this Chinese saying, 100 children, 1,000 grandkids. And then, you know, they ran with the joke and went full throttle so johnny raves about her silhouette in her dress and he tells us he normally would be open and affectionate but he's not getting the signs that she's ready for that um 
I have noticed that it looks like, you know, this is what they're going to focus on, Johnny wanting all the attention. But in all actuality, it seems like he's really okay with it, like slowing it down. But I think that's what they want to focus on as a potential issue for them. I also find that in, I mean, we haven't seen much of them, but they seem to be touching quite a bit. <laughs> uh, yes, they are. <laughs> so I'm like, well. That's I'm like. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, I think that, that's how I know they're going to last. Because it's like when you start looking for, we have to develop a problem for you, and then the problem isn't really a problem, then yeah, they're fine. So she tells us she's nervous about going to bed and it might take some time to be affectionate, but it helps that Johnny is friendly and warm. So the next morning, Johnny makes up funny about how Bao sleeps, like they're doing that uh, pillow talk in the morning, that she moves around a lot and then she makes small cute noises that in English they call snoring. And Bao seems mortified (laughs) by that fact. So... They're having um, coffee, tea, I don't know what's in their mug, but they're just talking in bed. And Bao asked Johnny if he remembers the last time they interacted. And he's like, I don't. And Bao asked if he knows that they actually have each other's numbers. Johnny really has no idea about this because he seems genuinely surprised. So she brings up Ginger Man, which is a bar. I was going to ask you if you know it. Don't know it. Don't know it. (laughs) And she says uh, they actually met up. And she didn't know if it was a friend date or if it wasn't, but she just went with a friend date, but then Johnny was being all flirty, so she was just confused. So she sends him a text message, and he's like, it turns out I do have your number saved. And I was just thinking, like, is it odd? I don't know what's odder. Marrying a stranger, (laughs) waking up in bed with them or something, or someone you've known casually, and then them being your husband, because that is equally strange. Well, not strange, but a little awkward. And you also have the addedness of they have people in common. Like, if they're, you know. Yeah. Which is so different from Married at First Sight. Yeah. It's just strange. And, And I think I thought about it because way in my past life, when I was, like, in college or something, I remember being friends with someone And then potentially considering, like, oh, do we cross the line? And part of my concerns was, like, oh, my God. Like, I don't want this person to see me naked. Like, we've been friends for this long. Like, it's just odd making that leap. So I just thought about that when (laughs) they were talking about the numbers. Like, they've actually interacted. That's, uh, yeah, something. So Johnny says he has no message history because he clears them out after a year. Aid, where do you fall? Do you clear your messages? I mean, I don't, but also, like, I pay Apple $2.99 a month for storage, which feels very wasteful, and I think erasing your messages after a year is a better option. I'm also (laughs) one of those people, I have not erased a single phone number given to me since 2005, maybe? So, so (laughs) I could totally see, like, someone thinking we haven't talked in a long time and I still have their number because I haven't erased a number in many, many years. Yeah, the numbers I can see, but I never clear out on purpose a chat history. I understand there's the running joke um, that only immigrants use WhatsApp because one time at, at my old job when I was leaving, I was trying to get a number and my coworker who's Indian um, saw my WhatsApp and he was like, oh my God, you're such an immigrant. <laughs> and I just laughed because um, I have my chat history from years over there and I just transfer it to each phone as I get a new phone and I've just never 
erased any memory there. Wow. So yeah, it's been years. Like I'm also a fact checker. Someone says something, I'm doing a search and be like, bam, no, you said it. So seven years ago. <laughs> so yeah. So Bao does remember and she reads their last chat where she realizes that she was ghosted by him. And she's like, I got ghosted by my husband, which is just a funny sentence. And Johnny sweetly says that 2021 Johnny is going to make up for it. And then we move on to the segment every year that I do not like, which is the brunch where one half of the couple meets the other half's parents or family and friends or whoever they choose for them to meet. So when Johnny goes to see Bao's family, they go straight into his present to her. I'm sorry, it's her friends. And how she was not happy about it and how she got so broody. And he asks if she gets broody really quickly and easily. They didn't even let him finish the sentence. They just start nodding. They're like, uh, yeah, that she does. And Johnny tells us that he's a little disappointed because he put a lot of thought into that gift. And it also gives him pause like for her to react that strongly over something that he considers minor, that it's such an overreaction to that. Which I have to agree with him, you know. And it's funny because he's only hearing the retelling. I mean, he was yeah. on unfiltered when he saw the actual <laughs> video. And <laughs> I hope they're still together because I'm like, mm, if you aren't together, yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was such a weird reaction. Like, honestly, if Johnny had been someone she didn't know, I I don't know. She would have even made it down. But <laughs> they tell him. <laughs> I'm they, sorry. I'm never, ever going to forget. A Nobel Prize winner. <laughs> sorry. I know. Oh, sorry. You think maths is going to get a Nobel? Come on. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, yeah. I feel like she had an out-of-body experience or she blacked out. Because I was like, what is happening right now? So I think he, that we never see anything like that from her from the rest of the season. Hmm. I mean, it's it's a weird prediction. I could be wrong, but I would not be surprised if we never saw anything again like that. The only reason I think it is, and is like even in the intro, I just think Bao has many layers. And also, I think I mentioned it before when all the girls met, and she said, "I can't remember if he does something that's going to bring out a side of me that I don't want to come out." And everyone's like, "Uh, okay, relax." So I just think it's part of her personality, but yeah. So he asked for advice and they tell him that he should be patient and don't take um, her mood swings personal. Bao meets with his family in the most gorgeous dress. That dress was so pretty. Very bridal, very cute. (laughs) It was bridal, very brunchy. But um. They're speaking Vietnamese, and his mom says that she can call her auntie or mom. And Bao finds that so sweet. Like, she also references that culturally it's very important that you address your elders the right way. Bao asks them about his dad, and they tell her that his dad moved to California, and he grew up without his dad. And... They, they actually don't say anything mean about him or mention, you know, that he didn't want to be at the wedding, which I think that was respectful. But they go straight to bringing up grandkids and how Johnny could retire and be Mr. Mom. And they're laughing and so happy. And Bao is not finding it as funny as they do. <laughs> that joke kind of had no context. 
<laughs> I think they were just saying he loves kids so much. <laughs> oh, okay. I just was like, I felt like that just dropped out of nowhere. <laughs> but yeah, knowing Bao, she probably took it. What does that mean? He wants to leave <laughs> off my money? Or he wants to have kids? I barely even want the one I have. Or what? <laughs> the one I would have. So, um, after brunch, they meet up. It was like on a rooftop balcony type situation. And Johnny is like, wow, like you look gorgeous. And Bao says, hi, hubby. So I think I just have to brace myself for the rest of the season because she says it more than once throughout the episode. Um, she calls him hubby a lot. So she tells him they dove in on the questions, but as they were talking, uh, referencing what Aid said at the top of this episode, they're holding hands. And, you know, they're speaking, and Bao is not, like, withdrawing or anything. And Bao tells him that she did ask about his dad, and Johnny takes a deep breath and tells her how it was hard to accept that he didn't support his journey. We get a confessional of a Terry Johnny saying as much as he'd like to hate him for not being there, he knows that his dad loves him with his stuck in the 70s advice and he's still his dad. And I'm sure you noticed, but this confessional, I think they slid it in because this was the confessional from when he called his dad. He was wearing the same t-shirt as that episode when he called his dad and was really upset at his dad's response. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, they're still talking, and you can tell like it was tough for him. They're still holding hands, and Bao is being positive and telling him that don't worry, your dad is gonna come around, and she's really good with dads, and she's gonna dress up, speak Vietnamese, and do whatever it takes, and he has her word on that. It was a perfect time to kiss, but they did not. So here's the thing, though. Based on the unfiltered episode from episode one, they actually had that conversation for the first time at the wedding. That's what Bao told us. Oh, man. So then they you know repeated what? the convert. They had her ask the parents at brunch, and then they repeated the conversation on the rooftop for us. Okay, I have two comments. One, okay, unfiltered, coming through with the behind the scenes. I'm actually <laughs> so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> they're letting them reveal all that and then too I almost want you not to tell me because I know Mavs has its editing and stuff but man oh man you're like oh, you just killed this beautiful moment I just saw I know I'm all like that's so nice and I was like ugh alright okay but they find out um, it's time for the honeymoons and they find out that they're going to Florida Keys. Yay. So Bao is looking for her tablet as they pack because she's looking for her Excel spreadsheets to pack for each day of the week. Um, if you guys recall, she told us during her intro package that she has an Excel sheet for everything, including baking bread. But yeah, Johnny asked to see it and she goes, it's for my eyes only, but you know, I guess I'm married to you now, so I'll show it to you. And Johnny tells us what I think was actually a sweet statement that Bao feels like him on steroids. Isn't that a compliment? That is a compliment. And that was like, <laughs> it felt like he was amused and maybe proud that she has Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> Yeah, I did say, I was like, he's amused by it. And I mean, on the bright side, he does think it's funny and unique. It's a whole different thing where he could have been like, this girl crazy. I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 
he tells us that the day she gives him control of her spreadsheets is the day he knows that she trusts him on the plane Bao does mention he asks her what do you think i'm most looking forward to and he goes she says you're most looking forward to spending private time with me and john is all did you hear that i don't know what private time means but okay so they land late it seems um i'm always um wondering about the timing of all the couples like how do they space it out so they don't meet i'm guessing they all went on different flights I also wonder if they all actually flew on the same day. Yeah, that's the other thing. Because I know, I, I wondered that about the brunch. But then when I noticed they were all sitting in different areas, I figured it was the same day. um, Just different areas and maybe different times. But like for the planes to avoid them, which is weird because for last season, they all met at the airport. You know, yeah. and they all went at the same time, but it caused some issues. So maybe they're like, we're not going to do that. <laughs> um, I will say this, Aid, and I noticed it late into the episode. One, you know, we've been talking about the production changes and subtle changes. One change that was different this year. We did not get the incessant question of, did you consummate your marriage? Did anything happen last night? Did you catch that? Um, you know, I didn't, and I, <laughs> you're right, I'm glad, yeah. Yes. we did not, and I felt so proud, I felt like the producers grew up, and it's like, it's just silly, if they're gonna tell us, they're gonna tell us, and we find that a lot of couples lie anyway, so just let them say it, but I, for one, appreciated it, so yeah. <laughs> and the topic came up with everybody organically, so... So, okay, so like I said, they landed late and everyone just seemed wiped out by the end of the day. Johnny is ready for bed and Bao is like, why are you on the bed? Even I was thrown, I was like, uh, what? (laughs) And then he's like, do you not want me on the bed? And she's like, oh, I don't want to be the reason that you're not getting enough sleep. Um, And then he tells us that he'll take snoring and sleeping next to his wife versus no snoring and sleeping away from her. So Bao appreciates the way that he has his shoes laid out because he had his shoes all like arranged against the wall that she thinks it's cute. And Johnny tells us that it's scary going from single guy to married and he now has to worry a lot about his wife's but ready to be her emotional support. And then they're in bed and he tells her that, you know, if you ever feel uncomfortable let me know and he's okay slowing it down that he would like to be her best friend first and Bao is all like really and he's like yeah that he's very okay with slowing it all the way down and then I don't know how he flips the conversation and the next thing he's saying is you know we should have a conversation first about sex and I want you to tell me things that you're into and in fact why don't you tell me one thing you're into sexually? And I'm like, what? <laughs> you just went from slowing things all the way down <laughs> to talking about it. So I should mention that as he's saying all this, he's rubbing on her arm. At first I thought it was subconscious, but I don't know. He's already mentioned he's a touchy-feely guy, so maybe it is conscious. But again, Bao is not pulling away or acting repulsed or anything. So... Bao does tell him that one of the things that's an indicator is how he kisses her. And some of the kisses that they have 
privately had signaled a lot to her in a positive way. How did you feel about finding out they have private kisses? I was very glad to hear it. And not all that surprised. (laughs) Oh, man. Here's my thing. I'm happy that they're having that. And, you know, when you're in the camera in front a lot, I'm glad that you get some private time. But when they make comments like this, I feel gypped. I feel like there's a whole other sliding door situation, a whole other life going on that I'm not getting. Lifetime is a family network. (laughs) What are you wanting to get? I want all of the affection. (laughs) So... Again, he's still rubbing on her arm. Again, she's still not pulling away. And then Bao tells us that it was very bold of him to bring up sex, and she really appreciates it, and he's helping her crack that shell. And then she asks Johnny what he's into, and my dude is just like, listen, I'm into vanilla sex. I don't want anything strange. I don't want no bondage. I don't want anal. In fact, definitely I don't want any anal. That's where your poop comes out from. And they laugh and good on him. You know, everyone's talking about sex positivity. Some people just want it plain like Johnny. So <laughs> good I on really him. I really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> I just love Johnny so much. He just puts it all out there. He's uh, like, this is who I am. This is what I want. No anal. And he's not ashamed. Like he's just, That's his personality. He's just like, this is who I am. So. Good on him. They say good night, and I don't know if they spliced it in, but we hear a kiss good night. And of course, once again, we end with Johnny and Bao with all the feels. So, had and me she replaced it. his body pillow. We were explicitly told that she replaced his body pillow. <laughs> oh, I thought she asked because I purposely didn't say that because she was like, "Don't you need a body pillow?" And I was like, "I'm not going to spoil this moment with that question." But I, pro- I apparently heard wrong, right? <laughs> I, I thought she replaced it by it being the body pillow, but maybe that was just my optimism coming through. I think it's your optimism because the last <laughs> thing she said was like, "Don't you need your body pillow?" And I'm like, "Girl, don't ruin this moment. Get out of here." So, <laughs> so yeah, that's all I have on Johnny and Bao. They had a good week. They did. So on to Rachel and Jose. Rachel's talking to us and she says it's a dream come true and she can't believe how great he is. Then we flash back to them, you know, because it's the night before and they're getting undressed and she's in her dress and he asks her how many tattoos she has and she points to one, I think, on her arm and she says, I have another one, dot, 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 you'll see. Um... (laughs) he asks if he can keep the bow tie on and she's like sure if you want to they have a conversation I don't think I fully understood about how he might have a little something underneath the suit and I wasn't sure if he was talking about a tattoo or just his body what were your (laughs) thoughts I had no idea what you were talking about (laughs) I was just enjoying them enjoying each other and trying to understand what the sex music that was playing (laughs) in the background was I'm like what is this a setup for (laughs) in these interactions he calls her honey it's just so cute she asks for help with her buttons and she talks about how she feels super comfortable spending the day with him he tells us that he wouldn't pressure her into sex but he wouldn't say no he wouldn't want to reject her it wouldn't be masculine to say no (laughs) it felt like he was trying to like 
come up with a good excuse for why he wanted to have sex with his wife. And it's like, you don't have to do all that. You can just say, I want to have sex with my wife. (laughs) They make out a little, they throw the covers over themselves. And I wasn't sure if they were faking us out, but it seemed like there was some stuff going on under the covers. Hmm. And then I had that thought too, but I wasn't sure what was happening. Hmm. Interesting. And then the camera crew leaves and that's the end of the night. <laughs> they wake up in the morning. Jose tells us they stayed up all night kicking, kissing. It was gross. They didn't even brush their teeth, but it wasn't gross because they enjoyed it. Um, she tells him that she loves how he compliments her. And she talks about him being perfect. And he like laughs a little. She's like, well, perfect for me. And they talk about how they will probably need to like change habits or do compromising, but it seems like they're on the same page. And Rachel is curious about what their first argument will be about. And Jose is very realistic. It's like, we're going to have a fight. (laughs) It's inevitable. We just don't know what it is yet. Yeah. For, For brunch, Jose goes and meets her mom and her friend. And Jose talks about how you marry the whole family. He talked, he tells her mom and her friend that they have a lot in common He has a whole lot of adjectives to describe her. (laughs) It seemed like a very long list. And he told Uh, them that the chemistry and the connection is there. The mom and the friend are just kind of like looking. It seems like they're like, wow, we have to do a lot of listening. (laughs) A lot of listening. (laughs) And then finally they get to talk. (laughs) Her mom is like, she's a little bit messy. I do appreciate that. Like, why don't you just let him find out? Like, are you here to help your daughter or what? (laughs) I love how I'm like, you are not allowed to say anything negative about your family. Like, don't just say positive things. All the neck, they're going (laughs) to find out the negative stuff. They don't need to be, I mean, maybe they do need to be warned about it. Well, I feel like if you're warned, so to speak, then you're just waiting for it because they don't know each other. So it doesn't help. They need all the help they can get at this stage, not sitting there anticipating, oh, my God, when is this going to show or, you know. And it's also like things like the messy thing. That's the kind of stuff where I'm like, why can't you keep it to yourself? Yep. And her friend talks about how wait until you ride in her car. (laughs) Like, what is going on there? He seems to not care or he says he doesn't care. I'm like, "Mm." but this thing is worried. (laughs) He looked worried to me. (laughs) Because when someone says messy car, I mean, there's a lot of gradations, you know? So I'm sure he's like, oh my God, there's like melting goo on the floor. When maybe she just has 10 water bottles. Like, you just don't know. That's why I'm like, why warn? You'll find out. (laughs) But then the second thing I actually thought might be some good friend advice. So her friend's like, she won't tell you when she's upset. She'll say, okay, mental note. And she worries about being perceived as annoying. And her mom is like, you have to be sweet because she will explode. I'm like, what does this mean? (laughs) And I'm wondering, how does she do this mental note thing? Like, you get into an argument and she doesn't say anything. She just says mental note? Well, she clarifies it later when they meet up. She does, but it still didn't make any sense to me. Um, She doesn't actually say mental note. She just takes a mental note. (laughs) To blow up about later. Okay, I see now. Yeah, because she's not saying anything or doing anything about it. She's just gathering notes and not reading it afterwards. <laughs> uh, Rachel meets up with his dad, his stepmom, and his mom. Um, she talks about how they have a lot in common. 
She's actually concerned about how like well it's going. Stepmom asks what the first argument will be. She's um, I don't I mean I don't know what that. I don't think there's ever even an answer to that question. They talk about how he's a real fanatic about the time, so he doesn't like to be late. They talk about how he's serious. They talk about how he's like financially responsible. Then they talk about his finance board. Um, that he keeps track of his credit score. She's she's honest. She's like, I'm not a huge saver. And she knows it's something she needs to do. So she was hoping her husband was financially savvy. Yeah. I think at some point she said, you know, like, someone to tell me how much to save. I'm like, I wish someone would tell me how much to save, too. How much are you supposed to save? I don't know. There's, like, some percentage. I'm sure there's a magical percentage that varies for everybody. But that's the thing about personal finance. It's so personal. So I just didn't understand why the stepmom was speaking more than his mom. I don't think his mom said more than 10 words. His stepmom is a chatty Kathy, okay? Because <laughs> <laughs> the wedding was the same thing. We heard more yeah. from the stepmom than we did from the mom. Um, I feel like she's probably a really great time. She's probably like, oh, we're on a TV show. Whatever you need me to say, I'll say it. <laughs> Jose and Rachel meet up after their family meetups. They talk about the mental notes. She takes mental notes on everybody. She acts like she's brushing it off. She doesn't really brush it off until you leave a dirty spoon in the sink and then she explodes. (laughs) But she says that that's old Rachel. And going forward, she wants to be, I think, a new Rachel who doesn't do that and, like, actually communicates and tries to resolve things. So now, Aid, I found that very interesting. How do you call someone messy and then the specific example that she chose is a dirty spoon in the (laughs) sink? Why would she care about that if she's messy? Here's the thing I've learned as a somewhat messy person myself. Every messy person has the things that they don't consider messy that other people consider messy. (laughs) All right. So like, It's a thing, you know, everybody, and then people, I think, think they're cleaner than they are. I don't think most people come to my house to call me a messy person, but I know. (laughs) You've been to my house. Would you call me messy? Let's talk about your car first. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I was like, if, I mean, my car is messy. I'll, I'll admit that. (laughs) So, yeah, (laughs) that would be, (laughs) but no, your house is not messy. I will say that. And I'd be like, you don't know, you don't know. (laughs) Because everybody has a different level of mess. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie, you almost came to my house this week, and I was panicking because I was like, oh my god, this place is a mess. But it wasn't really, it just wasn't up to my company standards. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually think it's a thing. People who don't care what their house looks like when company is coming over, I side-eye. Like, I think you can be as messy as you want when people are coming, pretend. It's just for a few moments. Just pretend. But if you really don't care, I'm like, hmm. <sighs> so they brought up finances. Um, she tells him she's not a super saver. She's kind of a YOLO. He talks about how he sacrificed to get what he needs and it's going to be fun. Like he, he doesn't seem too concerned about the finances thing, but we'll see how that goes. They have their, you know, they get their basket telling them they're going to Florida. Um, and then they do their packing scene. Now remember people, the packing scene is absolute bullshit <laughs> because they were already packed. They literally take everything out and then they shoot a scene of packing things. 
It's so strange. He starts to pack condoms and she throws them and says, no, 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 you can't have babies that way. Okay. What what was that? Is that the equivalent of honeymoon baby? Because I know I'm always like, that's your husband, but he's still a stranger. That is some hell a level of trust to be ready to raw dog with the man you just met. I mean, I know they test them, but still. That is what I was thinking. I was like, does this one want a honeymoon baby? Please, Lord, no. Um, <laughs> that was, this will that come was... up on Unfiltered, by the way. Patreon. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> he says he's excited to travel with her and find out how she lives. They get to the Key West. They're happy. She's like, my first honeymoon suite. <laughs> um, she expects to have fun, but wants to take the time to really get to know each other. We watch them brush their teeth together. He tells her to sing happy birthday. Then he asks if he can brush her teeth. In the interview, she's like, that shit's weird. I don't need someone to tell me how to brush my teeth. I hope he was kidding. Yeah, I don't blame her. That was weird. Like, he was just being overzealous, I guess. I thought he was joking. I was, no, I was praying he was joking. I wasn't sure okay. he was joking. <laughs> They talk about their vacation styles. Can we be spontaneous? He, She asks if he would go skydiving. He says yes, and they kiss. See, there's your PDA. Jose tells us how perfect she is again, hence why he jump off a plane. But he wouldn't quite take a bullet yet because he's only known her for like a day. <laughs> um, they reiterate how much they have in common. And, you know, true to new Rachel or a producer telling her, she sure does say, like, that brushing the teeth thing was weird. <laughs> Yeah. I think they resolved that, right? Yeah, I think they did. And I think for me, it was kind of good that it looks like Rachel is keeping to her word of not keeping things inside. And actually, because she easily could have not said anything because she seemed really spooked by it. So I'm glad she said it so he can put a rain on it and just reel it back a little bit. (laughs) They go to bed and they're fine. So far, so good for them, because I think a lot of people just, you know, let's not forget Jose is Mr. That's a sentence with these these women. Not good. So we just expected the worst. (laughs) So, so far, so good. And for me, I just like how affectionate they are with each other. So, yeah. So next we have Merla and Gil. I think there are there are entertainment this episode. Are they your Christina and Henry of the season? Uh, it's they can't quite reach those heights until they have a good argument that just gets on the floor laughing. <laughs> okay. Right now, they're just kind of like, with Mirla, I'm just always, is it editing or is she really that bad? <laughs> Girl, I think it's time to accept that she's that bad because mm. <laughs> I've tried. I tried. Like, she gives me glimpses and I'm just like, you know what? I can't help you if you can't help yourself, Mirla Gura. <laughs> but I think despite all of the bad editing, she still strikes me as a person who I'd want to know and hang out with. Yeah. We'll see if yes, this okay. continues. Y- you're right. To hang out with, not to be like, I don't, different in a romantic relationship because we don't have any responsibility. I can go home. <laughs> <laughs> so we start with Gil saying, you know, he's a firefighter from Houston and he was single and like, 24 hours later, he's married and going to bed with a stranger. 
So they lie in bed and they have a really intense discussion where they find out that they both had fathers who were murdered. I almost cried. I mean, listening to it. Um, he talks about his dad first. He says he was 14. And I think he had said before in like his opening package how his dad was murdered. But then he describes how he was there. He felt like yeah. he was there when the shooting happened. He had to find his father shot. He called 911. He was 14 years old and a doctor comes out and is like, sorry, your dad didn't make it. I was just heartbroken. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of interesting and kind of good in a way that Mirla said, you know, I talk about it all the time and I don't want to, like, right now. Um, uh, <laughs> run it back. I was like, girl, what? <laughs> because... <laughs> Okay, so it's terrible that, you know, they have to bond over their dads, you know, being killed or they had that shared experience. But it's also not nice. I don't know what the word is to have someone who has experienced it because it'll be really hard for someone to understand where they're both coming from. But I don't the way Gil shared the story and bared his heart. I didn't take too kindly to how she reacted and said, let's go to bed. Well, she said she appreciates that he's vulnerable and will open his heart. Um, I also think when both of you have the same traumatic kind of story, I think there's something to allowing him to have his explanation and his moment and saving yours for later. Yeah, but he asked. And again, it's not like he she owes him the story. Not at all. I get that. I think it was the way she did it. Like, he just, you know, it's not easy to talk about it over. And then he asked, like, how about you? She's like, I talk about it a lot. I don't want to talk about it. Let's go to bed. I'm like, that is cold. And this has been my problem with Merla. Like, I think she's allowed to have her personality. I think she's allowed to want the thing she wants. But sometimes she delivers it coldly. And I'm just like, okay. It just seemed like a shutdown, I guess, to him. But, yeah. Yeah, so they do go to bed. Before they go to bed, he offers a f- to rub her feet, and she says no. And he's like, well, I offered. <laughs> and they say goodnight. <laughs> Gil asks Mirla how it feels to be married, and she says it feels surprisingly normal. And he talks about how she was all dolled up for the wedding, so now he's going to see her with her. And I'm like, she looks the same to me. Uh, I, am I a person who just doesn't notice makeup at all? <laughs> well, you don't notice makeup, but I also had a note saying like Merla does wake up like this but then I remembered it's Merla we're talking about Merla has told the producers you are not going to film me waking up without makeup Merla has probably put a light dusting of foundation or loose powder and her lashes don't come off so yeah that's my theory on why she looked like that <laughs> that girl is not letting anybody film her without makeup is she crazy okay <laughs> Gil says that there's chemistry and it feels easy and he wanted to wake up next to his wife for a long time. And then um, he asks her again. He's like, we talked about their dads. They talked about their dads. He's like, you feel like sharing yours? So she tells a story of how her father was murdered by her half-sister and her husband. Like, Gil kept on saying that's crazy. And I kind of understood why he was saying that because it's crazy. But you know how you're like, you're watching 2020 and you're like, oh my God, that's crazy. But when you're hearing someone talk about their actual father, like the person that you married in your face, 
His reaction to me was just a little bit off. I am with you on that. I have a friend who does that specifically, and I never like to tell him anything because he's always like, wow, that's wild. Wow. And I'm like, this is not a movie where we're watching a car chase scene. Like, it's actual real life. So I don't know if that was the best response, but also it's a tough thing. Sometimes people don't know what to say, but given that he's experienced it, but her her story was actually really traumatic. Your half-sister? And, like, I don't know what it says about us as a society that I'm, like, stabbing? I don't know. It, it was... Yeah. It was a really sad story. Like, I just cannot imagine someone yeah. having to, like, say to someone, hey, here's how my dad died and, like, describing what Mirla described. I, and I will say it gave me more understanding as to why she may not, may not have wanted to talk about it. So I, my sentiments earlier were, at that moment, that's what I was thinking. But then after this happened the next morning, I'm like, uh, I wouldn't want to repeat this over and over either. And then you have to wonder, well, I don't, they didn't, neither one of them talked about it. But, you know, when your family member is murdered, you have to go through usually, like, arrest and trial and, like, all those things are really re-traumatizing. So I wonder, Uh you know, how long did that case go on? Because she's like, oh, it happened five, six years ago. But what if it hasn't been resolved for, like, more than a couple years? And, yeah. So it's just different when it's your sibling. I'm just, how do you even process that? On one hand, yeah, you're like, oh, this is not fun maths. But, you know, this is people's real lives. So I kind of appreciate them going into people's actual lives. Yeah, the authenticity is there. So Gil goes and meets her friends and her brother. Her brother Juan and her friends Dion and I want to call him Elioto. They just called him Ellie. (laughs) Ellie, okay. This is another one of Gil's, what I like to call Gil's weird moments. So Gil says he thought he would be with women and women tend to grill. And he makes that little joke to her um, to her friends like, oh, she did all guys. She made it easy. And they all look <laughs> like, we're not here to make your life easy. <laughs> no, that's not our goal here. Dion says that they've been friends for 10 years and that when her father died, he was really like there for her. Um, Gil says that his goal is to have a long lasting marriage can I ask a question, Aid? Did sure. you think it was weird when Dion said he took Merla under his wing like a little sister in front of her actual big brother? Well, I assume since he was saying it in front of her brother that it was cool. <laughs> I don't know. I was just like, this is kind of weird, but maybe it's just me. Okay, carry on. Juan <laughs> asked about red flags. Gil says he's worried about finances. Money doesn't motivate him. <laughs> Juan kind of reassures him. Juan's like, I help with her finances. She saves. Then she goes out and buys her nice things. And she doesn't expect anything from you. Juan says that she doesn't need a man at all, but she wants to be with someone. Gil says he's a fan of constructive criticism. So the fact that they can be open and honest with other with each other is good. What? Any thoughts? No. Okay. So Mirla goes and meets his friends, Kimberly and Jeanette. She talks about needing her sleep and they didn't get much sleep. They tell her that Gil is what you see is what you get. And Mirla says she's the same. 
They talk about Gil being emotionally loud. I swear this show is introducing all kinds of new concepts. I don't think I've ever heard emotionally loud before. All kinds of concepts, to be honest, emotionally loud. I was like, what does that mean? You cry loud, you laugh loud. I don't know. <laughs> like, Marilyn really sells herself here. She says she's moody and whiny. She hasn't lived with anyone in eight years. She's worried about him being sloppy and dirty. She has someone who cleans her apartment. They talk about compromise and they talk about babies. They mention that he's an animal lover. And of course, someone has to say she'll love the dog. No, she won't. Everybody wants to tell you how you're going to love a dog. People like us, or I'll just speak for myself. People like me, we are not going to love your dog. I promise. Oh, my God. 80 going to get us in trouble. <laughs> These people know us by now. <laughs> Gil and Mira meet up for their post-brunch debriefing. Oh, she's Sorry. To go back to the thing, I found it interesting that Gil made that statement because he had all girls too. So they both had the opposite sex. And then at some point, Merla, um, I can't imagine being in my 30s and saying, I throw tantrums. I throw tantrums when I don't get what I want. Who? It, how is that a selling point or <laughs> something to be proud of? Like, wh- why say that out loud? Like, fix it. Jesus. So when they meet up, they she's like they she tells him that his friend said that he's emotionally loud he said my vocals kind of rise like definitely not in an angry way i think he's passionate is the word they use yeah then they talk she talks about her tantrums (laughs) but she also says that she says she's honest she's when something makes her mad or hurts her feelings that's what she says Mm. and then they talk about money Gil doesn't mind if she makes more money because money is not that important to him. And she says she's very focused on, like, how can I make more money? She grew up extremely poor. And Gil says, while it's important for living purposes, that's not how you're going to get him going. I kind of like this because neither one of them is wrong. Neither one of them is wrong. But the issue is finances is a huge thing when you're in a relationship. So I'm not understanding why the experts would put two people who have two different viewpoints about money and they're on the extreme ends together. The extreme it's like setting ends. you up for failure. So that's the issue here. Like, And then I don't know if Gil really isn't motivated by money or knows that he has a cap on how much money so he's built a wall <laughs> that money means nothing. Because there's this saying, like, Lord... Make me rich so I can know my true self because I'm just operating on being broke and telling myself I don't like certain things, but it's really because I can't afford it. So <laughs> so I'm getting a sense of that with Gil because this is way too much talk about something nobody has asked you to do. Like, shut up. <laughs> I'm getting annoyed by it. I thank you for that insight because I was taking him at face value. I just think there are people who live a simple life and they just don't want a lot and they don't put a lot of value on making more and more money. I don't get it personally. Girl, <laughs> but... Girl I'm speaking from personal experience. When I wasn't making money, I'm like, oh, I don't like this. I don't like that because I ain't got nothing. So I have to control what I like, tell myself I don't like things. Then I came into some money and then suddenly I realized, oh, I do like them because I can get it for myself. <laughs> so then they get their basket. 
this is where I'm like, Mirla, my girl. She says she can't wear a hat because she's got her bun on. The sunscreen in the thing is the wrong SPF. Where's her eye mask? Gil is like, it's in your hand. Oh, she can't wear the eye mask because of the lashes. Gil rightfully calls her out. He's like, you can't do anything. <laughs> Gil is excited to experience his trip with his wife. <laughs> I don't know why. I can't tell if it's just like never ending finding fault with the littlest things. No one wants to be around that. No one wants to be married to that. I'll tell you that she doesn't realize it. She probably might realize it as she watches or she's the kind of person that's just like, I mean, I like what I like. I'm not going to lie about it. But um, yeah. Then they get on a plane and go to Key West. She gets to the room and she's like, I prefer the presidential suite like we were over at the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our neighbors are kind of close. Oh, the, my pool and my how, apartment house, whatever, is bigger than the pool here. You know what we're missing? We're missing the sounds of ocean waves. He says, I can pull it up on my phone. Gil says it's a nice view. Marilla says, in the dark. <laughs> this resort is not up she... to her standards. That's just it. Didn't she call it a retirement home? Yes, yes. <laughs> But I gotta give it to her. Like for every positive uh, silver lining Gil came up with, she was ready. She was gonna <laughs> shoot it down. <laughs> Gil has gone to know his wife because he says, what do you want to eat? A salad? And she gives him a look. I don't always eat salad. But yeah, I want a salad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Mirla, all this complaining. This is paid advertising for these people they can't have you on this tv saying how terrible it is gil asks um, mirla what did she envision as her dream honeymoon and she says why well, I, I didn't have a dream honeymoon but if i did this is not it <laughs> oh my god i'm actually surprised she didn't pay money to upgrade no. to like the presidential suite i'm glad you raised this because we found out that Mirla, you know, got a $10,000 wedding dress. So I was convinced that the show paid for the wedding dress. But someone told us that the show paid $1,500 and then she paid balance. I'm like floored by that. I'm just like $8,500 to invest in a dress for like a married at first sight wedding. I don't know. That seems like crazy. I mean, she told us she likes nice things. She wasn't lying. I'm like, who has 80? Uh. And it's not like you had a bunch of time to save for it. You had two weeks notice that you were getting married. She might have saved. I mean, there are people like me who was saving. I was single as hell, but I had a wedding budget. Wow. I'm a saver. So I save for everything. I have like different saving accounts for different things. <laughs> so you know and if her brother says she's financially savvy I don't put it beyond her to do that I guess it's like it's not about having the 8500 it's about spending the 8500 on a dress on that's a why I was dress. so convinced the show paid for it because I was like well if it's show money but anyway <laughs> I, was, I just knew Lifetime is not paying that much like it's not even like HBO or something Lifetime don't got that kind of money <laughs> oh lord okay 
Um, Gil tells us that he feels like we're attracted to each other. We have chemistry. Everything is flowing smoothly. Until it doesn't. So this one says, Mirla, I think I'm very easy to please. And they laugh together. (laughs) (laughs) Self-awareness is key. (laughs) And she's like, are you saying I'm high maintenance? And he's like, very unconvincingly, no, no. Because she is high maintenance. Wait, wait, wait. He said yes. Oh, I thought he said no. Are you thinking I'm high maintenance? He's like, yes. (laughs) Why do I think he said no? I'm glad he asked honestly because she is high maintenance. She needs to own it. Well, she said I'm not. I don't think I am, but yeah. (laughs) If you're going to be high maintenance, at minimum, you need to own it. So that's an unacceptable answer from her. All right. So next we have Brett and Ryan. This is my Debbie Downer couple. Girl. <laughs> I'm convinced they're screwed. At some point during their thing, I realized that I just don't care. They're <laughs> boring and they're just white noise. <laughs> they open up with a scene of Ryan saying, ooh, time alone. I'm like, there's a camera crew there. <laughs> this isn't, I mean, I guess this is away from other people, but there's still a whole camera crew. They have a terrible conversation. Like, you know how with Henry and Christina, when they were on the honeymoon, and we got to hear the producers trying to prompt them to say things because they couldn't come up with stuff to stay on their own? I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure the same thing happens to these two. Uh, I don't know. It was too awkward. Those silences were back. I had PTSD. (laughs) Um, They do flash back to her in the bathroom with his sister changing into the shoes that he got her and she says they're a lifesaver her feet hurt <clears throat> completely <laughs> forgot about that <laughs> i'm gonna I like, just try to get shoes. through the two of them as quickly as possible because i don't please, like them please do <laughs> please <laughs> ryan brett tries to convince us that something good is going on here she's like ryan is someone that she needs And she didn't know that she needs it, which tells me that she doesn't really agree with the matchmaking. (laughs) He's not what she described. That's why she's like, oh, I didn't know I needed you, but they're who you gave me. So I'm just going to roll with it. Mm -hmm. He's open to the night going a lot of ways. And he did something about blaming the kiss on her. I guess she kissed him first at the altar. So he kisses her back to steal it back. That was a little bit cute. They wake up the next day. And Brett says that they have a million things to do. And Ryan's like, but we don't have to get married. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) She says she feels like we're not strangers. Like, I know stuff about you. Obviously, there's a lot to learn, but I don't feel like you're a stranger. And Ryan says he hopes they can continue the nonstop conversations that they must be having off camera because they're surely not having them on camera. Fact. Um, Ryan goes and meets with Don, her dad, Brett's dad, and Nancy, Brett's mom. And they ask, what did you think when you saw Brett? And he's like, the hair. He can't say he's dated a redhead. I cannot understand why he keeps on harping on this. She's not a real redhead. (laughs) Because... He doesn't like redheads. He's trying so many ways to go around it, but he's he talks about it way too much. 
And he says they're beautiful or not. No in between with redheads. And it's like, my guy, why are you saying this? He says he's not backing out of the marriage. You know, there's no way that he's topping last night ever again. He had such a great time, I guess. They ask him if he has any questions and he can't think of anything off the top of his head. That is terrible. This is like a job interview where they say, do you have any questions for us? Even if you don't, come up with something. You just married someone the night before. You have two people in front of you who have known her since the day she was born and you don't have any questions for them? Yeah. I, nothing signals disinterest more than having no questions. So They continue their awkward conversation and then thankfully it's over. Um, <laughs> Brett goes and meets up with Ryan Kay, who is Ryan's like BFF, and his parents. They spent a long time showing a biscuit topped with gravy. I was like, is there some significance to this biscuit? But no, it was just some weird <laughs> editing. Tane, did you notice the biscuit with the gravy? No, I did not. What I did notice was previously Ellie's um, sub sandwich with the fries. And I was like, God, I love breakfast food. But yeah, I didn't notice this one, though. (laughs) His sister rubs me the wrong way for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, I know why. Why do you think it is? Because she's one of those people that wears abrasive as a personality. And the same goes for his best friend. He rubs me the wrong way. So so I don't know if it's for shock value or for whatever, but I think, like, they're rude, quite frankly. The way they describe his exes is is definitely fits into that. They're like, his dating history has been monotonous. His sister says he's dated potatoes. Beautiful. No substance. They're props. I'm like, can it be that your brother is the one with no substance? Oh, plot twist. (laughs) (laughs) Because obviously, at least one, especially if he's dated the entire state, one of them is going to be watching. Is this how you want to just refer to people? Whether or not it worked out, what is the point of being rude? Like, ugh, I didn't like that. And I was like, I really just didn't think it was them. I thought it was him. <laughs> um, they say he's an introvert and he's never had someone pull out his shell. And she's like, I've... I've never had to pull someone out of their shell. Oh. <laughs> are you are you pained just <laughs> going the whole thing through? Was very painful. It was painful. His mom I'm, didn't even say a word. Brian says that you have to pry it out of him. I, I don't. It was just a very odd conversation that honestly did not make Brian look very good. And he wasn't even there. It just. <laughs> Um, they get a little clown music and we find out that she's scared of planes and she's, she knows it's a thing because he loves traveling. She loves traveling. It's just the plane part. When they're at the airport, I was confused because they said it was really early in the morning, but then when they get to Key West, it's really late. And I'm like, it's just not that far. So I did not understand that. Did they get them like the worst flights possible? Then they got them a connection flight with eight hours in between. (laughs) (laughs) And then they said they were looking... Okay, it was early, that's why. Because I'm like, they said they were looking for coffee in the airport. I'm like, uh... There's at least a Dunkin' or a Starbucks somewhere at the airport. At the time, because I was flying and stuff, there was, like, you go to the airport and nothing was open. (laughs) 
Oh, and yeah, then, I keep Especially early in the morning and, like, late at night, truly, you know, nothing's open. You're right. I keep forgetting when they filmed. Because I noticed Gil and Merla, the airplane was, like, empty. No one was behind them for rows behind, so. Oh, that was January. Now, you know, planes are full. Yeah. So, they get there. He's just a real asshole about her flying fears. Like, she got on the plane. She says she's not an easy flyer. I would have loved a better description of what exactly not an easy flyer means. Because he said if someone he had dated acted like that on a plane, he'd never be on a plane with them again because they wouldn't be dating anymore. And I'm like, you don't like this girl and you guys are not going to work out. That is something, but I also had down, like, I feel like something happened on the plane. I want to know exactly what she did that is so, I don't know, unforgivable. But whatever happened, Ryan checked out. I also want to know why she can't take, like, a Valium or something just to fly. I know. I was like, take some Dramamine or something, but who knows. So they they went to bed. There was rose petals on the bed, something. Hmm. I don't remember, really. (laughs) Do you have anything from them going to bed? No, but in general, for all the talk about his complaint about his red hair, like, she does need to touch up her roots, so maybe she takes the opportunity to change the hair color. (laughs) It's like, part of me wants to be like, just ask this man what color he wants and go get it. Like, clearly you're open to dyeing your hair, but I'm not sure if he's worth all that. (laughs) He's not. Also, he's not saying anything to her directly about it. He's just told everyone else, us, the bridesmaids, the family. But he said nothing about her hair color to her. So, uh, God, I hope they're not going to be like such a drag because they are right now. If they're going to be a drag, they're going to need to be more entertaining about it. Yep. Um. <laughs> be an entertaining drag. All right, switching up gears completely, doing a 180, we got Zach and Michaela. So you know how I was drooling over Ryan last season? Uh, Zach, I mean, that's everybody, not just me, but Zach is a hell of an attractive man. We're going backwards, so Zach asked Michaela her favorite part of the day, and she says getting to see him. Zach tells Michaela that his morning was hectic because one of his friends tested positive for COVID. He hadn't packed, but everything was worth it because so far she seems great and he's very happy. Um, I know we say Jose is the one that talks a lot, but I do think Zach talks a lot, but I don't know if it's nervous talking because he does like a lot of run-on sentences just leading to nowhere and, and he reels it back. Did you notice that about him? He has a lot of nervous energy. <laughs> frenetic? Not yeah, frenetic. Not frenetic? Okay. Wait, am I being gendered? <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you? It's just twitchy. <laughs> but that is true. We've only called women frenetic energy. But honestly, he's not frenetic, to be honest. But he's he has a lot a of nervous twitchy. energy. Yeah, this, that's more apt um, for that. So Michaela tells us that she's leaning in because her future is fucking beautiful. Amen, sister. They wake up cuddling and Michaela is still gushing about him. I noticed that he's shirtless, but um, they don't say anything about sex. Like we mentioned earlier, no one asked. No one went on that stupid rant about nothing happened. 
So they talk about no one snoring, but he tells her that he only snores when he's really tired or really sick. Michaela asked him the last time he was sick, and he was trying to remember, and he's like, oh, watch, now I'm going to test positive for COVID. I'm saying this because earlier, he, I, I'm now understanding why the producers put in the whole, his friend tested positive for COVID, him saying, watch, I'm going to be testing positive because it's going to be the end of the episode. It's going to be important. So he tells her that he, hasn't, he was sick like over a year ago. And he asked her why she got married at first sight. She said she wanted to stop the habits she had, which is that she can be passive or nonchalant and act like she doesn't care. Zach says she sounds just like him. And does she lose interest quickly? I'm sorry, this is at breakfast. I should have mentioned that. And she says no, but when things bother her, she doesn't speak up. Zach tells her to please speak up if he does things that bother her because he wants to make it work. She asks if he's a jealous person and he says he can be jealous, but he's not because, for example, if she's talking to a guy, he won't get jealous. Then he asks her the same question and she says she's not, but she can be possessive. So basically my summary is they both had an answer and then quickly negated it because he said... I'm not a jealous, I'm I'm a jealous person, but then I'm not jealous if I see another guy. And then she said, I'm not jealous, but I can't be possessive. I don't know. Isn't possessive and jealous, jealousy, go? don't they go hand in hand? <laughs> I think there can be a difference. Hmm. I don't know. I think people are possessive because they're jealous. So... Hmm. <laughs> So Zach says her being possessive turns him on because it shows that she cares already. And in that moment, we knew that Zach is one of those people who likes crazy women. (laughs) (laughs) So Zach walks in to go see Michaela's sisters. It's brunch time. And he greets them with, hey, family. And they greet him warmly as he tells them that, you know, she's great and he's enjoying their sister. And they're so happy that he's enjoying her for who she is. And he asks for advice and they tell her to be passionate with her on things that she's passionate about. And also another sister tells him that to be protective of her, like seeing as she's the last born, she's always been like protected by people and for him to stand by the things that he's saying. So Michaela meets with his family. Oh, I should add that I was kind of bummed that the brother-in-law wasn't there. He's just Me always too. been there for everything, you know? <laughs> so too. Michaela meets with his family and the dad asks what she's learned about him. And she says he's genuine, he's honest, and he pays attention. His dad asks if she can tell that he's spoiled. <laughs> was just He's not spoiled. He's just particular. And, I mean, he just caveat, like, all his kids are spoiled. So then they tell her that he's amazing with children, and they ask her how she resolves conflict. She tells them that her parents were not good examples of that. I appreciate the honesty. And she explains that, you know, before he passed away, and then she tells them that he was killed by a drunk driver, and that's why he wasn't there at the wedding yesterday. She tears up, and then she thanks Um, Zach's dad for dancing with her at the wedding and then we see a flashback of the MC 
asking her, Michaela, come to the dance floor. It's time to dance with dad. And she looks so uncomfortable. And the only question I could ask is no one thought to tell the MC that her dad had passed away. I just thought that was cruel. It is very cruel. And Mapsa has done this before. I was it, it just I was trying to remember the last time this happened, and it was season nine in Charlotte with Amber and Matt. His mom had not passed away, but his parents didn't come to the wedding. And they did the same thing where they're like, Matt, come to the dance floor with your mom over and over again. So finally her mom comes and dances with him. Okay. But these that... people need to go straight to hell. Because I feel <laughs> like the producers do this stuff on purpose. Like you know that her father is not there and you know why and you still have the mc like it would be very simple to tell the mc to cut out the father-daughter dance yeah it wasn't okay because especially with michaela she was very visibly you know uncomfortable and then her sisters were tearing up but we suddenly see zach's dad quickly and briskly go up to her and ask her if she would like to dance with him and that was just the sweetest thing so it was adorable, but I think they do that to create those moments, and they can, like, it's it's mean. It's not nice. I mean, that's a huge gamble, because his dad could probably be like, it's not my place. I don't know this girl. So, but I'm glad, you know, it paid off. Just was not nice. But she says, and to answer the question, that she fights differently, no name calling or throwing, and I'm like, Hurricane K? What? So I don't know if she was just saying the right things and it was just a pageant <laughs> answer, but mm. <laughs> I think his mom is still, she, I think his mom supports him, but she's still skeptical because she's all like, listen, I go by actions, but how can we trust that you, how can we trust him with you for real, for real? And in typical maps fashion, we get no answer because they went to commercial and that was that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so cliffhanger. So post-brunch, Zach and Michaela are catching up, and Zach asks if she learned anything new about him. They're holding hands at this point. And I also noticed that Zach says, I got you, a lot. Um, so um, Zach tells her that, you know, her family made him feel very comfortable, and he gave him more confidence in them. And he hopes that his family did the same because, you know, his family is hard to impress. And just as I was thinking how I would love to run a brush through Michaela's hair, she tells him I got to go because I'm going to go braid my hair. And then I had the immediate thought of that is going to be a lot of time because she got a lot of hair. So her hair looked good afterwards, though. I like how um, all the black girls, you know, you're going on the honeymoon. We're going to go into water. The best protective style is to get them braids, girl. I swear they schedule the black couples to go first every time so that the female half has time to go get her hair braided before they go on the honeymoon. (laughs) (laughs) So Michaela and Zach are, you know, waking up the next morning doing their couples camp thing. And Michaela is telling us that she's very happy. And Zach is like, why are you happy? Why you have a smile on your face? She's being all coy. And then he's like, what else? Basically, guys, no surprise here. They had sex. They both look naked under the sheets. And Zach is telling us in the confessional that he they discovered another reason why they were matched. 
And he says he's not going to get into details, but if last night keeps happening, he's going to die a happily married man sexually. And then he gives like a very deep belly laugh. So he's a happy man and good on them for that. So now the only thing I hope is that Pastor Cal does not visit and ask them if they're using condoms because that shit needs to end. Only the black couples get asked that question. So if Pastor Cal wants to ask everybody, which he should be asking Jose and Rachel, uh, then that's fine too. <laughs> but it's equal opportunity. Okay. Equal opportunity, Pastor Cal. You hear? You hear? So um, they make it to the hotel and it looks like, I think Zach got her flowers or he shipped the bouquet. I don't know what happened, but she has flowers and she's calling him babe already. She's like, babe, they're so nice. And she's, you know, all happy. And he has the couples camp thing. And then he tells us like, oh, I feel so horrible. And then she goes, yeah, for real, that he does feel horrible. And then he hits us with the, I'll find out about my COVID test tomorrow. Dun, dun, dun. And that's how the episode ends. So, it, I mean, we already have a preview where we know his COVID test is going to be positive. <laughs> <laughs> if you notice, all the previews for the honeymoon don't involve Michaela and Zach because they're under quarantine. <laughs> uh, I feel so bad. It's just like when you get something robbed and you don't get to have, you know, but I'm like, they put these people on a plane <laughs> and he yeah. had COVID. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing because it's so terrible. Um, but we'll we'll at least get... they wore their masks. <laughs> uh, I hope that protected their, their flight mates. So yeah, yeah. What, what was that previewer about? Like, if we know that he tested positive, why would she get mad and yelling that she you know he wasn't around and she didn't do this to be alone like you want to be around someone with covid well i don't get it i assume they have to like quarantine together because they have been together and like up close and personal so even though he tested positive she's probably got a quarantine with him but i was yeah we'll find out there was some weird editing there yeah because he's like i can't even look at you mentally or something like, i don't know again we'll find out i don't know why we're speculating but all right, Aid, who has your bouquet for the week? My bouquet goes to Rachel and Jose because they just made me very happy this week. They're just so dang cute. <laughs> who has your bouquet? My bouquet goes to Zach's dad because my heart broke when that fucking MC kept saying, come to the dance floor, come to I was like, stop, make it stop. And he just saved the day and that was the sweetest thing and I liked it. Aww. <laughs> Who has your burnt ashes? Ryan K and Alexis for trashing all of Ryan's exes when the way Ryan's presenting, they're they're winning the breakup right now, whether they know it or not. <laughs> Who has your burnt ashes? Regular Ryan. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's an asshole. Something happened. He has switched on her. I don't know what it is, and it's just so tough to watch because she's doing everything she can. Clearly, she doesn't like the guy too, but she's just pushing through. And he's there feeling like Mr. I don't know what, and I'm just like, I'm over it. I particularly didn't like the fact that he had no questions about her, and also saying if I flew with someone that acted that way, I wouldn't go on a second date with them. That's trash. So. And if you're going to say that, you need to come up with a really good reason to say that, not like she freaked out a little. Yep. Oh, well. Okay, guys, that's it for this week. 
find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget that you can get a couple's cam and unfiltered recap on our Patreon. See you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.